And today, Sally's going to be looking at some new rules from uh, for travelling to New Zealand. We're also going to look at top nations for travel and tourism, according to, well, a poll, some research, and the best, the five best primary forests to be found in the world. We might have one in Australia. What do you think? It's time to talk travel, and Sally Lucas is joining us today. Now, New Zealand's introducing some new requirements, regulations yeah, for visitors. They certainly are. This is was announced in August, and it comes into effect from the 1st of October. You need to allow about 72 hours, they're suggesting, to apply for these, um, well, the, it's not actually visa, it's an electronic visa waiver, they call it. Um, there's two websites you can have a look at. One's immigration.com. GovT, G-O-V-T, dot N-Z, um, backslash N-Z-E-T-A, and that, that you'll find out whether you need one or not, and it'll give you the link to apply online. So not all countries need No, one. you've got to have a look. We don't. Australia and New Zealand. don't. Yeah, we <laughs> yes. as in Australians, or Australian passport holders, should I say, because some people still hold maybe a British or whatever. Yep. So you just need to look. There's about 60 countries that will need to do this. Um, apparently, if you get the app, it is cheaper. It's only about $9. You do it online, it's 12 I mean, it's not much, but it does have to be done. And the other thing they've introduced is what they call an, an IVL. Now, this is an international visitor's levy that they're saying they need to introduce because tourism has increased prolifically to New Zealand and they're finding now that they're not keeping up with a lot of the infrastructure and people also weren't always being very kind to their landscape and you know things they have to fix once they're gone so this levy is going towards improving their tourism and infrastructure and that's 35 New Zealand dollars now that has to be paid when you apply for your visa waiver at the same time Um, we don't need to pay that either but again you'll find the list of countries Um, there is another website you can have a look at as well called um, etanewzealand.com and that also will link you through if you need to apply for one. It gives you a lot more good general information listing the countries again whether you need or don't require. So just be aware of that. These are new rules coming into effect. Oh, by the way, anyone on a cruise irrespective of nationality has to have one. Okay, so, so you're paying the IVL, the visitor levy. So they have to well. have this ETA visa as as definitely. Yeah, once you've got to apply, once you have to apply for that, you automatically have to have the IVL as well. Right. So it's interesting, isn't it? So even if you're on an Australian passport and you go on a cruise to New Zealand, Zealand you do you do need have to do to. it. But okay. if you're flying in, you don't. Okay. So mm. yeah, but check with your travel agent or have a look at those websites. It's, there's a lot of information on there for you to glean through, and we'll explain it all to you in, in yeah quite a succinct and easy manner to follow. So that's NZ. Um, now, top nations for tu- travel and tourism have been made, and we actually rated. Isn't that good? This is the World Economic Forum, and um, they identify the world's most tourism-ready nations um, for this well, 2019, actually. So equal with Canada and Italy, Australia finished as the seventh most attractive destination. The world leader was Spain, mm-hmm. then France, Germany, Japan, the US and the UK. So interesting, isn't it? Now, the claiming the top spot, of course, is um, for the third straight time is Spain. Mm-hmm. And they say the reason there are reasons for this is that they've spent millions of euros in the past decade on updating roads, railways and all airports. 
So they're putting that money into their infrastructure, and I guess that's where you need it if you're going to have. And they said the way tourism is growing, it's really quite frightening. Um, According to the report, travel and tourism's contribution to global GDP is now 10%, but it's expected or forecast to rise by up to 50% over the next 10 years. Mm. That's huge. So with that growth, obviously, you have to be looking at it, but they say they're languishing at the moment in most countries. They're only spending 1.4% on doing all this. So mm-hmm. we really also now need travellers to be more eco-friendly, of course. You know, we're just talking about New Zealand introducing this levy and so on. Look, you know, only leave behind your footprints, as they say. You know, don't Take leave. Photographs. Take photographs. <laughs> Take photographs, that's all. Be nice, be pleasant, learn a few phrases, accept the customs and be aware of the customs of the country you're going to. Okay, so Spain at the top of the list. <laughs> yes, it Who's is. going there? Sally Lucas, um, well, are we over to the forests yet? We'll go to the forests first, I think. Forests are always so good. I was going to say, there's something nice to talk about, and what are we doing with them, though? We're destroying them, aren't we? Which is a pretty sad thing as well. So I think it's important to talk about forests, so we really do need to protect them. And they contribute existentially, I'm not saying that very well, am I, to environmental balance. And as they say, they're the true guardians of biodiversity. And, you know, we really need trees in more ways than one. And we're finding that in Australia, aren't we, as well, that things we've done and done wrong. Anyway, um, but some of these woodlands, they've never been exploited or influenced by humans. And you can find them in both tropical and temperate zones. And, of course, you have um, wonderful uh, landscapes there, of course, of unspoilt beauty. So these are considered five of these outstanding protected areas and having said that the first one I'm going to say everyone's going to say now come on that can't be right it's burning as we speak well that's the Amazon but of course it's it's a huge rainforest and of course we know there are problems there as well but it extends into nine countries covering five and a half million square kilometres and it is home to more than half of the world's biodiversity so you know the primary Amazon, Amazon rainforest continues you know to be like a big green lung you know for the world or for the Amazon rainforest and is a refuge from rare animals from all sorts of things from jaguars and spider monkeys and pink river dolphins and all sorts of things so it is very very important and it's considered number one um number two is considered this one i i didn't realize but um i might not be pronouncing it correctly gunung lusa national park it's in indonesia and they said if anyone's looking for an authentic jungle experience, you head to the island of Sumatra to a place called Katambi in Indonesia. And the village is just a small village halfway between two of the archipelago's highest mountains, Mount Bandahara and Mount Lusa. And apparently these two peaks are surrounded by outstanding protected ecological sites that include the National Park, which again is home to several endemic species. Um, so there you go. It's, it's a lot of different wildlife. Again, there was lots of different species that live there that are uh, and they've got canopies and uh, banyans that have been there for hundreds and hundreds of years old as well so you know your Sumatran tigers again your orangutans they have clouded leopards ocelots and hundreds of varieties and birds Mm, as well Mm. Um, the next one is called the great bear rainforest Mm -hmm. guess where that might be Jane Mm, Russia Canada. Canada. Close, close, close. Um, As they say, if you think of virgin forests conjuring up more the humid tropical zone, but the Great Bear Rainforest, um, they say, defies expectations with its astonishing flora and fauna. 3.6 million hectares of British Columbia are home to this unspoilt ecosystem, and it's quite a temperate rainforest. And you have western red cedars, which have been there for centuries and centuries, vast amount of lakes and rivers, and, of course, the area is enjoyed by a whole host of bear species, including your 
grizzlies and your black bears as well. So that is, again, another one. Um, now, this one, again, we're down to is the... Um, subcontinent in Central Africa, where the borders of Cameroon, the Central African Republic, Equatorial Guinea, the Republic, the Republic of the Congo and the Democratic Republic of the Congo and Gabon meet. Wow, that's amazing. And almost 4 million square kilometres of land is covered with primary tropical rainforest there, with 3,000 distinct varieties of plants. Um, they are called evergreen, meaning that they keep their foliage all year round, and it's a very dense amount of forest with a lot of rivers travelling through it as well. And the heart of this is the Salonga National Park. They have things like uniquely beautiful the Congo peafowl and really some different animals that you don't normally see as well as your usual um, you know elephants and everything else that you're going to see in Africa and lastly but not leastly our own Daintree ah. um, so of course having been there and I'm sure you have too Jane it is the most beautiful rainforest and a lot of the areas you can only get into with a guide it is very well managed um, and it's considered to be the oldest rainforest in the world and the originating form of the cycad palm mm. comes from there. So that's how old our country is. It's supposed to be about 125 million years old, which is 10 times older than the Amazon. So it's quite amazing. And of course, it runs parallel to the Great Barrier Reef in northeastern Australia, just north of Port Douglas, really, which is why we love going up to Port Douglas in that area, because to see the Daintree is a, a real privilege, privilege and a pleasure. So that's some of the most five beautiful, if you like, virgin rainforests in the world in the world to a new rfm we're talking travel sally lucas uh, the hot deals in the travel marketplace at the moment what have you got for us today well i thought we'd start with a little bit of train travel in europe always um, good always good and of course, we say these days, you know, why travel by train? Well, there's lots of reasons. You've got so many high-speed networks throughout Europe now, which is wonderful. And you, there's a multiple amount of services and routes to choose from. You get there faster. There's no security checking in three hours at an airport, which you do these days for to travel between countries. You then got to get in from an airport, so you're in a city to inner city. You're there. You know, you can work on board if you're a working person with a laptop and a mobile, and which is on most trains these days. Um, as I said, no lengthy check-in queues or laborious luggage procedures, etc. Um, they usually get there on time. Punctuality is pretty high on most European trains. Over ninety percent would be, you know, there on time as well. So, and you're travelling in comfort, and it's environmentally friendly travel as well. So, it why not? Sounds good. So, there's quite a few trail. Um, train journeys, sorry, are being popping up all the time now because it is becoming more popular for people who, who don't necessarily want to do a coach tour and be on a coach with a, a whole group of people. So these are really independent itineraries and there's quite a good range of them, like scenic Switzerland, for example, from Zurich Return. It's eight days and it's just over $2,500. But like you're staying in places like Zermatt, Montreux, Zurich, Locarno, Klosters, where Kate and Will and all the famous royals go to ski, etc. You know, it's eight days with 11 meals included. Even your transfers are included between, you know, stations and hotels. There's a Berlin to Budapest an 11-day one. How interesting would that be? Going through Prague, Vienna, etc. So really good one. Scotland by steam, an old steam train trip around Scotland. 
How fascinating would that be? It's seven days. These are all for 2020, by the way, and it's only just over $1,500. So that's just to give you a taste of some of the things you can do. There's so many good train journeys out there now. Mm, certainly are. Um, now, closer to home, we have some lovely Pacific areas on sale at the moment. Now, these are with Samoa Airways, obviously going to Samoa. Um, now, it's for travel from 20 Jan to 31 March, but you've got to book by 20 September, okay? Um, lots of different wonderful rebates, five, six and seven night packages, solo traveller deals, family deals um, lead in would be starting for say four nights with your airfares an early check in and a $100 resort credit um, is under $1100 so look there's some great savings to be had around about six different resorts have all got some fantastic savings Moving along from there, our fly cruises, which all our listeners seem to love these fly cruise packages. Now, this is valid also only till 20 September. It's a 10-night package departing 10 May next year where you're flying into Barcelona, Barcelona, with Qatar Airways, three nights cruise accommodation there, a hop-on, hop-off bus tour for a two-day pass. Then you're doing a lovely seven-night cruise from Barcelona to Cannes, Florence, Rome, Naples and Palma, Mallorca. And that is just over $4,000 dollars per person twin share alternatively there's one these are valid all through till 30 september this is for the first of march and you're getting a 14 night cruise on the explorer dream from sydney to singapore three nights post cruise your transfers and air travel with Qantas airways so from here you're going through gladstone cairns darwin bali lombok surabaya and then on to singapore so that's another great one and it's under three and a half thousand but this is a beautiful one doing the new vessel the msc grandiosa a brand new msc cruise vessel the staircase inside is made of swarovski crystal mind you oh, wow. they've got lots of different dining restaurants etc it's just state of the art the the looking at the blog when I looked at it and it's just being launched only in the next month or so and due to start sailing next year so uh, you've got Cirque du Soleil a brand new Cirque du Soleil program on board and oh just it looks wonderful so what you're doing with this you're getting a return air again you cruise on the vessel for your week and then you're also getting a lovely train trip on the Benina Express out of Milan as well as your three nights in Milan and you're doing that return cruise uh, uh, as well on the Grandiosa and really it, it'll live up to its name. It looks like an absolutely magnificent looking vessel. Lots of early birds out there as usual Jane. Um, they're all there starting to come out for next year now as well so hop in. A lot of them finish end of September. Some go through to early October or even one goes through to November depending on the company and you know, they're all different, unfortunately. I wish they'd all end at the same time. It would make life a lot easier, but, but they don't. But if you just check with your travel agent, they'll certainly be able to steer you in the right direction. Thank you, Sally Lucas. Thank you, Jane. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.